Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 682. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're both free, including the postage and handling. I've got a very strong message from the Lord today. I've got music and letters. Right now, let's pray. Father, we thank and praise your name. Lord, there is such an important necessity of rightly dividing your word. Uh, There's such uh, an impressive message that you have in these last chapters of uh, 1 Corinthians that we need to be one body, one church. We all have working parts. Um, I notice from the examples in the Old Testament that everybody in the Old Testament, in the uh, nation of Israel, had a certain jobs to do. Uh, the priests, all the different jobs they had to do, and also the people, the musicians, and the uh, singers, and all the different things. And it's uh, really good for us to have had those examples so that we know that we all have to participate in the actual working of the Holy Spirit, the working of you, Jesus. Father God, I pray that you will allow me to um, be used by your spirit to explain these things to the people in the world because Satan has his act together. He's working hand in hand. He's got this supposed to be child welfare department and all these different phony agencies that he has and taking ripping children out of people's arms Uh, their parents' arms and their houses and taking them into Catholic houses and uh, where there's child molestation and homosexuality and lesbianism. Lord, I pray that the people will receive these messages from you uh, regarding the unity that we must have in the body of Christ in order for us to be overpower the uh, enemy in this world, the devil, and all his evil, wicked people. This is so important, and I pray that people will really pay attention. I pray that you'll open their hearts, their minds, and their spirits to receive everything that you want them to know from these messages, Father God, so that Satan will be bound, so that Satan will be rebuked, so that Satan will be bound, and all his the doors that he's using will be shut and slammed shut in his face, and that all the spiritual doors, that the gifts and the things that are gifts are going to end pretty soon, and so we need to seek the gifts and be using them here in this world uh, so that the body of Christ can be put together quickly because we're living in the end of time. Father, I ask all these things, that souls be saved and the church, the body of Christ, strengthened in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. All right, here's Elvis again to sing Bye and Bye. Cannot understand. 
understand All the ways God will lead us To the blessed promised land He will guide us with his eye And we'll follow till we die And we'll understand it better by and by We're children by and by Snares often take us unaware And our hearts are made to bleed For some thoughtless word or deed And we wonder why the test When we try to do our best But we'll understand it better by and by Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, we'll understand it by and by. When we grow up, when we know what the Word of God says, you're going to know it for sure. Um, Jesus said, this cup is the New Testament in uh, my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Well, what is that cup? The cup is to... Read the word of God. Every time you're reading the word of God, you're drinking the blood of Jesus because it's the New Testament uh, written in his blood. This uh, New Testament is the new covenant, the new contract, the new deal that God made with us. And he's saying this cup is the New Testament, the cup of blood. We're taking in the blood. Yes, because it is the New Testament that you have to read so that the new uh, the contract is drunk by you or drunken by you so that you are drinking the blood of Jesus. If the contract is written in the blood of Jesus and the contract is the New Testament and we drink, the only way we can drink it is to read it because the new, uh, the blood, the life is in the blood. And the New Testament is written in the blood, and so the life is in the New Testament. And so when we're reading the Word of God, you're drinking the blood, and you're doing it in remembrance of Jesus. What do you mean remembrance? He says, the New Testament is written in my blood. All right? Now, what does that mean? Well, he said that uh, this is what I've done. I've said these things and I've done these things. And I'm asking you, just as he showed this cup to Susie that she had to drink, she had to go from this world into uh, heaven. Will you drink this cup? And Susie said, yes. And he said, drink it and it'll be quite a while. And you'll eventually are raised from the dead, and you and Tony are going to be the two witnesses. So drinking the cup is the New Testament. 
This cup is the New Testament in my blood. So it doesn't take uh, long for you to figure out if you meditate on this, that when you're reading the New Testament, you're drinking the New Testament, which is in the blood of Jesus. This drink, just keep doing this, drinking this blood, this cup, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Well, how often should we remember the Lord? The Lord says we're to keep our minds stayed upon him continuously. So in order to do that, we have to refresh our minds. Uh, the Bible says that the reproof of the word of God is the way of life. We have life eternal by remembering the Lord. Well, how is it to remember the Lord? The Lord is the word of God. The Lord is the word of God and it is written in his blood. Okay, so taking communion is much more than just drinking some blood and saying praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen, Jesus. Communion is constantly, just like Sabbath is constant. We have to rest in Jesus. Well, we're, if we're resting in Jesus and remembering him all the time, well, that's what we're supposed to be doing is resting in him by remembering him all as often as you remember it, me, okay? So you, you, we're supposed to do this, do ye as often as ye drink it. As often as you drink this new contract, this new covenant, this new deal, in remembrance of me. How are we going to remember the Lord if we forget to read the word? Or if we uh, forget to drink the blood? This cup is the New Testament. He's passing his uh, this symbol of his blood around to everybody to drink. So do this, do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I hope the point, uh, this uh, truth, uh, hits home because it isn't just a cup full of a grape juice. This is the blood of Jesus. The New Testament is written in his blood. And so read it. And when you are, you're drinking that cup. Because not just to read it, but to do what he says to do. And this do. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Well, somebody puts a uh, gun to your head and says, I'm going to blow your brains out unless you recant. Most people, if they are not drinking the blood of Jesus, if they're not drinking the New Testament, which is written in his blood, they're going to say, oh, well, I recant. They say, Peter did. He, he, he denied the Lord. Yes, but after he was saved, after he drank the cup, he, after he was converted, he never did that again because he was really saved then. He wasn't before. The Lord said, after you're converted, then this cup is the New Testament in my blood. The thing that I'm giving you to drink is actually symbolic 
of the New Testament, which is written as blood. And he said, this not drink, but this do ye drink the blood as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Why? Because if we forget the Lord, then when they put a gun to your head, you say, oh, my precious life, my mousy flesh. I don't want to die now. I not want to die. I remember my little brother, Danny, by 18 months, he's on on to be with the Lord now. But uh, my dad said, you want to go on an airplane ride? And I said, sure. And we went to the airport, Danny and myself and my dad. We walked out there in Helena, Montana. Well, when he was going to get on the plane, he says, I not want to die. But the Lord wants us to die out to our life, our present life that we're living. So Danny didn't get on the airplane. I did. And uh, I guess I didn't care whether I died or not. Really, I do. Nobody wants to really die. They don't mind dying as bad as they don't want to die. They don't want to die out to the flesh. Because the flesh is actually Satanist dwelling in the flesh. And the, the Christians say, well, I don't like to think about that. But think about it, because that's what the Lord said. That uh, our flesh and our tongue is full of iniquity. That's why the Lord says there's a Holy Spirit in us. He comes into us and dwells so that the Holy Spirit uh, mortifies the deeds of the flesh. And the Holy Spirit is the Word of God, and His Word says this cup, the cup that I'm passing you to drink, this isn't what it's all about. This is just symbolic of the New Testament in the Lord's blood. This do ye, which is the word of God. The New Testament is the word of God. This do you read the New Testament as often as you drink it in. Because by doing that all the time, it will be in remembrance of me. And you'll be able to have the power to walk through all temptations. You will, you know, if you're not... Uh, concerned about eating the flesh of Christ, and which is the bread of life, and being broken as the Lord broke up the matzah, or the bread, to show people that he, he said, this is my body, and we are his body, so we have to be broken in pieces. If we don't remember that, well, we're just going to do whatever we want. Isn't that nice? We can go to church and sing as Christian songs, and we can uh, fellowship, but not in the Lord. We fellowship women going to church to talk about their clothes and their babies and this, but we're not to go to church to talk about our babies and our clothing and to show off our new car. We're there to drink the New Testament in, to drink the blood of Jesus and do it as often as we drink it in remembrance of him. Because if we forget Christ, then we forget heaven. We forget that uh, what kind of manner of man that we are. We look into the mirror, which is the word of God, 
and we see what he did. And he said, come and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself and let's go. Let's get with it. Let's start drinking and eating this word of God so that we have the eternal life which is written of in these scriptures. Now we left off at chapter 13 and so I'm going to review just a little bit of it here because I think we only got to verse 10. So what he's saying here, Paul, through the Holy Spirit, through the blood of Jesus, the contract, and the flesh of Jesus, though I speak with the tongues of uh, men and of angels, both, the tongues of men is like I'm talking to you right now in the tongues of men. I speak English. That's one of the tongues of men. And when you speak to the Lord uh, in tongues, you're talking to with the tongues of angels. And when you talk to the Lord in tongues of angels, the devil cannot understand what you're saying to the Lord. And he can't understand what the Lord is telling you. So uh, men and of angels and have not charity. In other words, if I say... I'm a different breed than all the other Christians. I'm not going to be unified in him. I'm not going to comply. I'm going to argue with uh, baby Christians and older Christians. And the older Christians are going to argue and, and not have a charitable spirit. To be a friend of uh, and to treat everyone in the church as though they are Christ. Because if they're following, if they're drinking the blood of Jesus, if they're reading the word of God and reading the spirit of God into them and the blood of Jesus into them and the bread of life into them, they don't have charity. So he says, I can speak with the tongues of uh, men, the tongues of angels and have uh, not charity. I am become as sounding brass. Okay, you can hear these uh recording sessions where you hear the tapping of this brass and what does it do for you nothing you could just hear it but it's not doing anything to you well it moves my spirit you might say that's not going to do any good for you if your spirit is moved by uh this sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal what does that do for you nothing so a charity is like you're kind one to another. Verse 2, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, he's talking about the mysteries of God, the word of God, because that's only found out when we seek it, and all knowledge, everything that God is uh, attempting to transmit into your souls, your unsaved souls and your souls that are saved but yet you have not let the Lord really penetrate into your being to where you really have his power living in you and working in you and all knowledge and though I have all faith the gift of faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity 
I am nothing. What good is it for you? You know, we have these earth movers that go in and move mountains. But what does that do spiritually for you? We have the faith to get in one of these bulldozers and bulldoze a mountain down and move it. But that doesn't do anything spiritually for you. Uh, you um, and though I bestow all my goods, I give everything I've got to feed the poor. And though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, the keeping of God commandments, it profits me nothing. In other words, here's the Lord saying, I want you unified. I want you to take a position in the Holy Spirit. I want you to pray to me for what spirit, what gift you want me to have so I can be charitable in the church. So I can edify the church and be charitable to it, to love the church, to love the people, to help out the work of God so that the people out in the world that are not saved can be saved. So if you don't seek to be unified with the other brothers and sisters in the church, you are nothing. Even the Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament by the Holy Spirit, says even he would be nothing. And um, verse 4, charity suffers long. Some people say something bad. They're new baby Christian. They say something bad. They say, kick him out of the church. Get him out of here. That isn't charity. Charity is patient, suffereth long, and is kind. Say, brother, now what you're doing there is against the unity of the church. And so uh, I'm going to read these scriptures to you from chapter 13 in 1 Corinthians so that you know that we have to be unified. We have to be patient with the baby Christians. We have to suffer, let them get by with, um, or to take the time to take them and sit them down and read the Bible to them so that they can learn. That's what I told the Lord. They're not teaching people anything, Lord. These baby Christians are falling away like flies. Suffer as long. It is kind. A charity doesn't envy uh, these new ones that come in that maybe have a new car or nice clothing or anything. They envy it not. Why? I just praise and thank the Lord that you're here, brother. Charity, or keep the God's commandments, vaunteth not itself. They don't say, I've been here in this church for 25 or 35 or 40 years. And you have to listen to me. That's vaunting yourself. And you're nothing. Uh, and charity is not puffed up. Verse 5. Doth not... Charity does not behave itself unseemly like that. And they do not seek. They seeketh not her own is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Verse 6, rejoiceth not in iniquity. You know, the people out in the world, boy, we're going to go out and party tonight. And um, let's, uh, we'll go to, it's not there anymore, but uh, this, uh, 
Basin Street East, or we'll go to uh, this club or that club, or a bunch of broads are coming over. And so, but charity, the ones that keep God's commandments don't rejoice. They rejoice not in that iniquity, it's the sin. Or we're going to have a lot of pot over at the party, and we're going to have some snow, some heroin. They, re they rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth, which is the word of God, which is the blood of Jesus, which is the bread of life that we have to eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood. The New Testament, we rejoice in the truth that we know the truth. Verse 7, Bear, uh, beareth all things. Well, it's like Susie taught me when I was just a baby Christian. She says, wash the man's bathtub. Don't ruffle him. You're just going to get in a fight with him. And so you do that. Bear with all things. Don't you know when you go to certain people that it's going to cause a war. If you tell them what's wrong and so on and so forth, so you just... Swallow your pride and just let uh, the Lord have his way. Believeth all things that God said. Hopeth all things. What does that mean? Well, we hold the hope. We don't fall away. We don't get uh, puffed up. We don't start thinking, well, nothing new is happening in the church. I'm going to go out where the action is. So you believe all things that the Lord says that you don't do it. He says you're going to be involved with all of his curses. But we want the blessing, so you hope all things, endureth all things. Well, the Lord said that Susie's going to raise from the dead. But he did tell me in advance through her that it's going to be quite a while. And so I have to have the patience. I have to hope for that. Hope for all things that the Lord says. Endure all the things that I have to go through until that happens. Verse 8. Charity never fails. When you do the things where you become unified in the church and you take your position there and you're happy with the position that you have there and you're reading, you're eating the flesh of Christ and you're drinking his blood, that's never going to, and you keep the commandments. That's keeping the commandments. His charity, that's love, is the keeping of God's commandments. It never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Why? Because there's going to come a day when prophecies are not uh, going to be of any value because that which is being prophesied will come to pass when you're standing before the Lord. You're in the kingdom of heaven. Prophecies will end then because we'll know everything then. They shall fail prophecies. Whether there be tongues, there'll be no reason for tongues and interpretations then. They shall fail, uh, cease. There won't be tongues anymore when you're in heaven. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away because everybody will know everything when you're in heaven. Verse 9, for we know in part, 
Well, we know, but we don't know everything that we're going to know when we get to heaven. We know quite a bit. The knowledge of the Lord is revealed now. Uh, especially only to those of us, though, that uh, are unified. We're uh, communicating one with another. We're uh, admonishing one another. We're keeping the commandments of the Lord. So, for we know in part, we know what to do from the Word and this Holy Spirit, and we uh, prophesy in part. But, verse 10 when they, uh, that which is perfect, in other words, when we become perfect, we become the fullness of Christ. When that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. It'll be over with. Because in heaven, nothing is in part. <clears throat> That's the whole everything. You get everything there. You'll know what Christ knows. You'll know what God knows, the Father. Verse 11, when I was a child, before I became the fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ, I spake as a child. Foolishness. Children speak foolishness. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. Children can't understand all the depths of the Lord. Uh, we also need experience uh, to prove out the word of God. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, when I went through the experience of being one with the whole church, I became a man and I started putting uh, the away these childish things where I didn't believe I had to get along with everybody in church. I just don't like this person. This person's got a real bad attitude. I'm not going to come into church because of that person. Because that person just aggravates me so much, so I'll just sell my soul to the devil. But you have to put away these childish things like that and become one in the body of Christ. Verse 12, For now we see... Through a glass when you're just a kid, darkly. But then, face to face. Now I know in part, now back then he knows in part, but then shall I know, even uh, as also I am known. Well, when we grow up to the fullness of the stature of Christ, Oh, we know Christ to the nth degree. But we'll know him even better when we're in the kingdom of heaven. Verse 13. And right now abideth faith, hope. We have faith to believe that we're going to heaven. And that's why we have hope. Well, you don't have any hope. You want to commit suicide. Uh, you want to commit sin because there's no God. You don't have the faith to believe that he's there. So we have faith, hope, and charity. These three. But the greatest of these is charity. Well, why is that? Because I've explained this before. Many times in the church. 
We need faith and hope here in this world, but when we're in the kingdom of heaven, we are going to, we don't need faith. We don't need hope because that we need before we get there. When we get there, all we need to continue doing is having charity. Uh, just we will by then if we're in heaven we have we know all about charity uh, keeping the commandments of the Lord that's the love okay now we're going to uh, chapter 14 follow after charity make sure that you read uh, the Bible that you drink the New Testament in the blood of Jesus and make sure that you eat the bread of life you eat his flesh which is the word it's all the word it's all christ follow after the love keeping god's commandments and desire spiritual gifts but rather that ye may prophesy well we should desire spiritual gifts of these people in uh, corinth they had a lot of spiritual gifts but they needed this teaching to be unified. They can't be divided by saying, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Tony, and I am of Sue, or I am of this person or that person. We should all be after Christ. Amen? Amen. That's what uh, the main thing is, is to be of Christ. And uh, seek spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. Because prophesy edifies the whole body of Christ and keeps us together, keeps us unified as one body. Uh, because if you try to exclude yourself or you're going to hold some of the word back thinking that only you will know it so that you can make yourself a big man or woman before the congregation or somebody, uh, you know where you got the word of God. The Lord sends it, uh, you read it. And you pray, and the Lord gives you things, but you don't share them. I haven't heard hardly anybody in the church share things that they've received from the Lord. But I tell you everything that the Lord gives me. Verse 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto uh, men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him you're speaking in tongues and nobody understands what you're saying unless there be an interpreter there how be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries verse 3 but he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification so the whole church can be edified so that they can learn to be together, not separated, because my body, my arm stays where my arm is supposed to be. My tongue, my eyes, my nose, my ears, my feet, everything stays where they're supposed to be, and they function together with the way I think, and I think the way the Lord does. And so therefore, it's a beautiful day outside today, but the Lord says, I want you to stay and do messages. I want you to explain these things to the people in the church so that they can be unified. So I'm prophesying to you. I'm speaking unto um, you to edification and exhortation. And these things should comfort you. 
He says it will comfort you. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. And it's okay to edify yourself because, you know, we need to be edified. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. And so that's what the Lord wants us to do is to edify the church so that the church will be unified, united together as one body so that that one body, which is many, is doing all the right things. And when the world sees the body of Christ doing all the right things, well, then we're going to see a revival as never before. Uh, now, uh, verse 5, I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except unless there uh, be interpreter. There be an interpreter there to tell everybody what you just spoke in tongues, that the church may receive edifying. So if there's somebody there that's speaking in tongues and there's a person there that is an interpreter of tongues, well, then the church will be edified because they're going to hear that. And they're going to understand it then. Only though if there's uh, somebody there that is an interpreter. Verse 6. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I uh, profit you except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. Verse 7, And even things without life, uh, giving sound, and even things without life, giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds. How shall it be known what is piped or harped? It's impossible unless you understand what the song is. Verse 8, For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself uh, to the battle? There's in the Navy, I was in the Navy, and you hear there's all these different trumpet sounds there, uh, bugle calls. Let's go to bedtime. The smoking lamp is out. Oh boy, we're going to chow. That's the side of it. Everybody congregate out on the grinder to go to chow. For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, if it starts playing jazz or something, I don't know what in the world that's all about in the Navy, because there's nothing like that. Who shall prepare himself for the battle? 
when there's different sounds for uh, the battle. Verse 9, I don't want to get into all the bugle calls here. So likewise ye except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? Or if you just dummy up and you don't say anything, well, you're a dummy. Because we have to speak. For ye shall speak into the air. Verse 10. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without uh, signification. Oh man, they have all kinds of uh, sounds. We have rock and roll sounds. I came out of the rock and roll field, the pop field. There's the pop sound. There's this rap sound. There's all kinds of different sounds, and we understand what that is. I did a little rapping myself uh, in the gospel field. Now stop, God Almighty, let me tell you the news. My head's been wet with the midnight dew. I've been, see, that's rap, right? I've been down on my bended knee, just talking to the man from Galilee. All right. So these are all different kinds of sounds, huh? Verse 11. Just want you to know. And then there's pa 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 dang a dang dang a ding a dong ding. Remember that one? Blue mood. All right. Verse 11. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, a dummy, a crude dude. And he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Verse 12, even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, Seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Well, why edify the church? Because the church must grow. The church cannot, it's not a you know, day-to-day, uh, nine-to-five job. It's walking in the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of people in this church that, you know, they've gotten so used to a routine and the church is not growing until all the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. And so, uh, seek gifts that will excel to the edifying of the church so that the church can grow and see you growing, and that way they'll start wanting to grow as well, prayerfully. Verse 13, Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue, pray that he may interpret also. Verse 14, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, 
but my understanding is unfruitful. It won't bring forth any edification to the church. The church has to be united. The church needs to know what God is telling you. And the church needs to know what the Lord is telling me. And so do the unsaved. Verse 15. What is, uh, what is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding. In other words, I'm praying with the spirit, but then I have a contract here, which is written in the blood of Jesus, that gives me understanding when I read it. And therefore, I, I'm not just praying in spirit, you know, some unintelligible thing. I have understanding from the word of God also. I will sing with the spirit. I'm not going to be like one of these uh, people that just sing um, unintelligibly. And I will sing with the understanding. I understand that God is God. So I'm going to sing with the understanding. I understand when I say, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the things your hands have made. That's understanding because I got that from the word of God. I see the stars and all the rest of the words. I hear the roaring thunder. Thy voice throughout the universe. I hear your voice everywhere. I see it. I hear it in the birds. You gave them that ability to be able to sing. Verse 16. Else when thou shalt bless with the spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned people say amen or the unlearned people they don't know if you're saying the right thing or not at thy giving of thanks seeing ah uh, he understandeth not what thou sayest what good is it then verse 17 for thou verily givest thanks well but the other is not edified because they don't know what you're giving thanks for because you did communicate it. Verse 18, a lot of people don't walk into a church when everybody's, uh, they just got a, uh, a blessing from the Lord. They're all praising and thanking the Lord. And they say, well, what is this all about? And you don't have the understanding. And so I don't know. I mean, I'm just, everybody else is praising and thanking the Lord. And so I'm doing it as well. Verse 18, I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than ye all. Verse 19, yet in the church I had rather speak five words with my understanding uh, that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. I'm speaking to you in English. And if you're here in the United States and you speak English and understand it, well, then you're knowing what I'm saying. Verse 20, brethren, be not children in understanding. 
In other words, read the word. Read the contract. Drink the blood of Jesus. Drink the New Testament, the Holy Spirit, which is in the word of God. And eat the flesh of Jesus, which is the bread of life, which is the word of God as well. Brethren, be not children in understanding. All you got to do is read the word of God and see what it's saying. How be it in malice, in malice, be ye children. Because children don't have malice. But in understanding, be men. Verse 21. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet, for all that, will they, uh, for with all that, will they not hear me, saith the Lord? Well, of course, uh, there's all kinds of tongues. There's people speaking many languages so that people can understand it. And when you're speaking in tongues, you're telling people secrets about themselves that they no one else knew. And they know you don't know them. They don't know you, and you're telling them something, and they know it's coming from God. Verse 22. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign that God is in you, not to them that believe because we know we believe God, but to them that believeth not. But prophesying uh, serveth not for them that believe not, but them which believe. That's it. So uh, we should uh, want to prophesy. Not for them that believed not, not to the unsaved, but to them which believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the word of God. Okay, now we have a letter. Where's the first letter from? From Punjab, Pakistan. Okay, let's read it, please. It says, respect it. I hope you will find this mail in good health. I am from Pakistan. My name is Abid. I am born-again Muslim. I am Muslim, but I am interested in changing my religion. I am accepting Christian religion, but here I am feeling difficult. True Christianity is not a religion. It's salvation. Amen? Amen. Then what? Our all family is Muslim. I am accepting the Christian religion, and here our family will kill me. Please help me and advise me a safe way, and please send some information about Christian religion. I await your response. Abid from Pakistan, Punjab, Pakistan. Okay, let him uh, get some of the uh, new tapes, all these, uh, maybe the last 10, 15, 20 tapes, and send him all the literature. Then what else? And the Messiah book. Okay. From Benin City, Nigeria. Dearly beloved, Calvary greetings to your family and the members of your staff. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank God for your ministry and for your spiritual inspiration in the area of your writing, which has been a blessing to many souls in the world, of which I am one. It was a day of spiritual awakening when one of your books entitled The Messiah According to Bible Prophecy came into my hand through my beloved friend here in Nigeria. I was blessed and my understanding was uplifted to the glory of God. I will be grateful 
to God who gave you spiritual inspiration and to you for making yourself available to be used of God. If you can, send me your books, messages, message tapes, and Bibles for our mission field to the glory of God. Amen. Thanks for your love to me. Yours, Evangelist I.O. Sunny from Benin City, Nigeria, Africa. All right. Praise the Lord. This is the um, time that we pray now. Um, message time is expired for this day. Those of you that want to be part of the Unified Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a lot more than just going to church and hearing a pastor. Everyone in the church has a job to do, and there's a job for you. But first, you need to be born, uh, spirit, be born of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So here's how you do it. You start out with this prayer. Say this to the Lord and mean it with all your heart. Say, My Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God and that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open up the door of my heart and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all of my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says that all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord. And if you'd like to have a copy of this program, Sharon will tell you how right now. Make sure you mention program number 682. It's free, and let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. Program 682, Sharon. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo. Be sure you tune in tomorrow for another powerful message directly from the Word of God, showing you how you're supposed to assimilate into the body of Christ. Here's uh, Elvis again to sing for you, Somebody Bigger Than You and I.
somebody bigger than you and I. He likes the way when the road is long. He keeps you company. Somebody bigger than you.